The last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR. Yep, and uh, a lot of us probably don't need that alarm. Uh, I don't know about you, Renee, but I was woken up by some loud thunder last night a little bit after midnight. Yeah, it came in fast. It exited fast. Had to turn the TV on, put on the Golden Girls to mute out the sound so that the dogs would calm down. Wait, was the Golden Girls for you or for the dogs? For the dogs. Yeah. Is that (laughs) that their comfort show? It is, and my husband's as well. (laughs) Is your dog a Sophia or a Dorothy? She's a Blanche. <laughs> no, they're he's, but yeah, they would go after Blanche, oh, I'm so, sure. So they're stands. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, uh, so last night, let's see here. Um, there was a tornado that touched down in Genesee County. I uh, just saw a report on Local 4 about it. I, I'm sure they really can't assess too much damage until after daybreak. On the west side of the state, a tornado warning was issued in Van Buren Township. Uh, looking at... Power outages, there's less than 2,000, so that's good news. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the tornado that touched down in Genesee was somewhere where it didn't do a whole lot of damage to to property or life. We were lucky that we didn't get the wind. Yes. It was more just the rumbling Yeah, and well, the light show. And the wind might still be coming because there's that, I think you said there's a wind advisory Yeah, starting at 7 a.m. and going until 7 p.m. So the wind and the cold air is coming in. Right, it, which is crazy because we got up to 74 degrees yesterday. Day, which was the warmest day in February ever on record. Yeah, it was amazing. I saw a couple of uh, convertible tops down. I I went crazy and cracked the sunroof, yeah. but I did see some convertible tops down. Yeah, I took the jacket off. I lived a little bit. Ooh, rebellious. So now it's supposed to drop down to the upper 20s by the end of today. Yeah. We might see some snow. Um, there's going to be single-digit wind chills, and then it's going to be back up to 70 this weekend. So. <laughs> the hell depending on where <laughs> what is happening depend, depending on um where you catch me in the weather cycle i love it here or i absolutely hate exactly. it exactly no really big surprises in yesterday's primary donald trump he beat, beat nikki haley uh 68.2 percent to 26.5 trump gains nine delegates he'll get the other um 35 i think this weekend more on that that in just a second uh nikki haley gained two on the Democrat side, the uncommitted protest vote over Joe Biden not calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, that got 13.3% of the vote. Biden got 81.1%. Now, that's not great news, but it's been worse in the it's been worse in the past. Yeah. Now, normally the uncommitted vote is around like 1 to 3%, but back in 20 uh, in 2008 two, 2008. Yeah, yeah I was going to say 28. That's not that's not 28 yet. Feels but, like it. <laughs> back in 2008, right. Um, it's been a long decade, and we're only four years into it. Um, uncommitted gained 40% of the vote in the primary here. Now, circumstances were a bit different. Um, that ended up being the Obama-McCain election. Yeah. And there, there was no incumbent. That was George W.'s uh, final year. Um, and a number of candidates dropped out before the primary that year. But it, it has been worse, even though 13.3% uncommitted is not great. Ron DeSantis got like oh, almost 14,000 votes. It was like 13,700 and some change. Yeah. Do you think that's just because the the ballots were printed before he dropped out and people just uh, weren't really maybe. paying attention? I was wondering. I'm like, what? Do they, did they still think he's in? I was well, confused as the votes were rolling in yesterday. Because Marianne Williamson uh, on the Democrat side was also still on the ballot. Oh, right. So... Yeah, I think what happens is these things get printed uh, 
long beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you vote for someone who's dropped out of the race, it's either a protest vote in its, of itself or you're, you're really not informed enough for your vote to count anyway. Right. So. so good day. Now, I heard one political analyst say that if if that uncommitted number was something around 20 to 30 percent, that's when the Democrats should worry. But I think that's a mistake. I think they should worry now. I mean, Biden's campaign wasn't going great to begin with. And uh, with how energized Trump's base is, any vote not for Biden is a vote for Trump by default. I, I would agree with that. In talking about that, uh, the convention, a Kent County Circuit Judge, uh, J. Joseph Rossi, which sounds kind of like a like a suit company. Oh, I was thinking of a wine, but go on. <laughs> the J. Joseph Rossi collection at Somerset. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he ruled yesterday that Christina Karamo was properly removed from her post as chairwoman of Michigan's Republican Party on January 6th, stating that any action she has taken on behalf of the Michigan Republican Committee since are null and void. Karamo is also prohibited from holding herself out as chairwoman of the party from conducting business in the name of the state Republican Party and accessing the party's bank account. So I'm guessing that if she does still hold this Detroit convention, um, the the Pete Hoekstra convention out in Grand Rapids is going to be the only one that's that's right. Well, sure. I think that's what this whole thing decided, right? Yeah, and I'm glad a judge stepped in because, yeah. like we said, I mean, Donald Trump is is it's a foregone conclusion he's going to get the nomination. But like, uh, if if this was a close race, that could get very messy and very confusing. So go on, get. That's right. <laughs> we're getting more um, <laughs> we're getting more uh details about a possible ceasefire in Israel. Yeah, President Joe Biden said that Israel would be willing to pause its war on Hamas and Gaza during the upcoming Muslim holy month of Ramadan if a deal's reached to release some of the hostages held by the militants. Negotiators from the United States, Egypt, and Qatar have been working to broker a ceasefire deal that would see Hamas free some of the dozens of hostages that it holds in exchange for the release of Palestinian prisoners in a six-week halt in fighting. So during the pause, talks would continue over the release of the remaining hostages and additional Palestinian prisoners held by Israel. Israeli officials said President Biden's comments made on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers came as a surprise and were not made in coordination with the country's leadership. A Hamas official played down any sense of progress, saying that the group wouldn't soften its demands. And then in separate comments on Monday, President Biden said that he hoped a ceasefire deal could take effect by next week. Yes, yeah, so that was the infamous video of him getting ice cream with uh, Seth Meyers. I, he looked confused. <laughs> I, it felt like he was using his ice cream cone as a microphone at one point. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? Sir, that's not what an ice cream cone is for. <laughs> he starts talking. The ice cream summit. Remember Obama had that yes. beer summit? <laughs> the ice cream summit. I like it. Uh, th- now, meanwhile... Representatives from Hamas and other Palestinian factions, including groups like Islamic Jihad and Fatah, they're traveling to Moscow this week. I think they're meeting tomorrow to discuss a unified Palestinian government. So enter possible proxy war with Russia onto your 2024 bingo card on top of our proxy war with Iran. Didn't see that one. Yeah. At least at least not this route, but um you know, it, it, it's, it's been brewing in Ukraine uh, between the United States, NATO and 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 Russia. Um, and now it's uh, brewing on another front. Uh, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris met with congressional leaders Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, Mike Johnson and Mitch McConnell yesterday. They struck an optimistic tone 
about passing a new budget by Friday at midnight, the deadline to avert a shutdown. But everyone was still kind of in their corners. Uh, President Biden came out and reiterated um, his calls for uh, foreign aid to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. Mike Johnson came out and uh, reiterated his desire for uh, more border funding, um, more so than what they what was already proposed and, and they voted down. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we might as well just keep we might as well just keep this on file every right. three months. Run tape. Yeah. Run the tape. Uh, the shutdown would happen in two stages. Let me let me cross out three months ago. March first <laughs> would see a shutdown of Veterans Affairs, the Transportation Department, Agriculture and Energy, among other agencies, March eighth would see the rest of the government shut down, including the Pentagon and Department of Homeland Security. And real quick, speaking of the Pentagon, um, there's going to be some reshuffling of the Army. Yeah, the U.S. Army is slashing the size of its force by about 24,000, which is about 5% restructuring to better be able to fight the next major war. Uh, they're struggling with recruiting short with recruiting people, and that's made it impossible to bring in enough soldiers to fill all the jobs. So the cuts will mainly be in already empty posts, not actual soldiers, mm-hmm. including jobs related to like counterinsurgency that swelled during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, but not really needed as much today. So about 3,000 of those cuts would come from Army Special Operations Forces. And at the same time, they plan to add about 7,500 troops in other critical missions, including air defense and counter drone units and five new task forces around the world with enhanced cyber intelligence and long-range strike strike capabilities. Yeah, so to me, it sounds like they're just taking people from um, from jobs that are that are kind of obsolete and outdated to, right. to new updated um, futuristic jobs that might... Uh, that might factor into combat in the future. All right. It's first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And we are heading into JR morning. Lloyd's here. Jamie's here. Guy's back. He's been off the last two days. I think he wanted to get a really good spot in line for the primary yesterday. Welcome back, guy. You know, it's never too early. I, I, I voted on, what was it, last Tuesday? Yeah. I was one of the, like, what, 50,000 people that actually showed up in person to vote early? On 78, the it, it, turned, it, it got up to 78,000. Did it? Yeah. Uh, okay. When my husband went, he went about 6 o'clock last night. He said that there he was number 147. That was it. Yeah. I, I mean, the absentee vote was huge. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, <clears throat> we had more than a million voting early, yeah. but the, the almost 80% of them were were uh, were absentee votes so interesting i mean in some jurisdictions i mean you can barely justify it but i understand i mean we talked to people that didn't realize that you could go out and vote early in person and it sounded like people took advantage of it like you said um between in-person voting and i think lloyd had the number yesterday with the absentee of voting nine hundred thousand. i yeah. mean that's that's the ultimate voting with your feet so to speak yeah but the hope was remember when we passed that ballot proposal that it would depress the absentee vote that people would go from voting absentee yeah. to voting in person early because they like seeing the the ballot going to yeah. the tabulator right yeah, right well, well that didn't happen. I actually do like seeing I, that. Yeah. <laughs> and your flag comes yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know your vote isn't spoiled, right? I, right. I love election day. I love uh, going into a random gym and filling out my uh, ballot on one of those shaky little desks. And uh, <laughs> and I'm not being sarcastic. And like Jamie said, there's something so satisfying about putting that ballot into the ballot machine. And then when it comes to like a general election, it's almost like a season finale of life because finally all this buildup, um, you, you know, you, you get some answers. What city do you guys think was number one in the state for casting early ballots? Hmm. 
Early ballots? You mean showing up in person? Uh, No, uh, mailing them in early. Oh, the number one state? Uh, No, city in the state. City in in Michigan. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll say Grand Rapids. Nope, Ann Arbor. Wow. 2,700 people in Ann Arbor. That beat out Detroit, which is five times bigger. Yeah. So 13.3% uncommitted. Is that higher than we thought? Is that lower than we thought? Is it about where we thought it would be? I think the sheer thought, number is bigger. I think it is bigger. Yeah, because I thought they were going for maybe about ten percent, and it went, it got to thirteen percent. Well, I think they, it's it's a hundred thousand. Yeah. So about one in over one in six votes was cast for uncommitted. Now, if you look back to you know, was it twenty twelve? Barack Obama had eleven percent uncommitted. Yeah, uh, two thousand eight. Yeah. The Detroit News had a uh, had a good stat. Two thousand eight. Uh, forty percent of the vote was uncommitted, but that—that's uh, there was no incumbent there. A bunch of people dropped out of the race beforehand, yeah. so little different circumstances. This but. was this was a message. The question mm-hmm. is, where are those folks going to go? Are they just going to stay home, or, or are they just not going to vote for president? Yeah. Well, we talked to Listen to Michigan yesterday, and they said it was about sending a message that possibly course corrects right now. Yeah. It's not about lesser of two evils. So in a poorly attended primary in the state of Michigan, that that's going to determine the U.S.-Israeli relations uh, going forward? No. No. I think <laughs> I mean, it so, just shows. So, so. So, so what's your message? Doggone it, we're, we're angry. <laughs> well, here's well, my yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, here's my question. Sound and fury signifying nothing, perhaps. W- would Donald Trump be uh, an improvement for Palestinians overseas and, and, and here at home for that matter? Well, we asked that I question, asked that question too. Yeah. And she was like, well, um, President Biden is the president now, and he's in charge now, and deaths are happening now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But, yeah, I heard a, I, I heard a political pundit say that uh, 20 to 30 percent is where you start getting uh, concerned if you're in the Democrat Party. I think you're concerned now. I think you're concerned in, in a larger context catches- with age and things like that. And when immigration is the number one issue, you doggone well better be concerned. And yeah. that's the number one issue right now. Yeah. And speaking of which, dueling border visits tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's right. They should just do like a selfie together. Yeah. yeah. In, in front of the wall. Yeah. That, yeah. that Mexico that, paid for. That didn't get finished. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up the peace yeah, sign. We got, we yeah. got 541 <laughs> miles, I think, of extra wall from Mr. Trump. Yeah, and they'll be 300 uh, miles apart. But, yeah, I, I think I think America's ready for a cage match. Maybe that's how we'll decide this whole thing. JR Morning coming up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, those storms blew through late last night. I'm sure a lot of you were woken up by the thunder. Uh, tornado touchdown in Genesee County near Grand Blank. Looking at some of the images on TV, it looks like there was uh, some property that was hit hard. Uh, we probably won't know the full scope until uh, daybreak hit, hits and, 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 and the sunlight helps add with the uh, uh, investigation. In the meantime, Renee, uh, we're going to be seeing high winds continuing today. Yeah, we have a wind advisory from 7 a.m. until 7 p.m. today. And uh, it's, uh, it's in the 50s. No, it's in the 60s right now. Yesterday was the warmest February day on record at 74, and it's going to drop down to the upper 20s by the end of the day. With single-digit wind chills. Yeah, so pure Michigan. (laughs) Uh, No big surprises in yesterday's primary. Donald Trump beats Nikki Haley 68.2% to to, uh, to 26.5. The rest of the delegates will be rewarded this weekend 
at the Republican uh, Michigan Republican Convention, which um, Kent County Circuit Judge J. Joseph Rossi ruled yesterday that Christy Caramo, Christina Caramo was properly removed from her post as chairwoman of Michigan's Republican Party on January 6th, stating any actions that she's taken on behalf of the Michigan Republican Committee uh, since are null and void. So I'm guessing that means that the Pete Hoekstra convention out in Grand Rapids is is is, is the, the legit one, the official one. Right. <laughs> uh, on the Democrat side, uncommitted protest vote over Joe Biden not calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. That got 13.3 percent of the vote to Biden's. 81.1% of the vote, and uh, there may be a, we may be clo- inching closer to a ceasefire here, yeah, Renee. President Joe Biden said Israel would be willing to pause its war on Hamas and Gaza during the upcoming Muslim holy month of Ramadan if a deal's reached to release some of the hostages held by the militants. Negotiators from the U.S., Egypt, and Qatar have been working to broker a ceasefire deal that would see Hamas free some of the hostages it holds in exchange for the release of Palestinian prisoners in a six-week halt in fighting. Uh, during that pause, talks would continue over the release of the remaining hostages and additional Palestinian Palestinian prisoners held by Israel. All right, uh, and don't get nervous now, Renee. But one of your one of your bosses here uh, just walked in. Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's also a friend, so Aww. you know, relocating to another city for work that can be an interesting challenge, right? Right. You want to make sure that your home is in an area that you and your family are going to enjoy. It's safe within a budget, commutable, all the above. Well, sometimes we don't get that right, but one person is taking a different approach and making sure that she is getting all that right, and it is our very own co-worker, friend, boss, queen around here of our sister station. You like that title? I do. Queen? <laughs> queen uh, of all things. Yep, from our sister yes. station, 96.3 WDVD, program director, Michelle Matthews. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Well, I appreciate you. it. Yeah, so you're do- you're doing a, a very interesting experiment. Yeah. How long have you been in, in Detroit? I started uh, on July 24th of 2023, so I'm seven months in, Wow! and I have been living in a hotel for seven months. But not the same hotel. No, I've been kind of breaking it up because I wanted to, like, sort of figure out what Detroit was like, so I started... You know, I started in, I was in Farmington Hills. I've been in several places, but I have stuck in Troy for a while. Yeah, we've been chatting, and you you really do enjoy Troy. Where are you coming from? Where did you come from? I was in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So um, my family are still there. Everybody's there. My son is uh, uh, a freshman at OSU. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. I grew up. I grew up a Michigan State Spartan, so uh, only only slight animosity from this side. And um, he didn't want to live in a dorm, and we were within. You know, we live like within the fifteen miles or whatever mm-hmm. for school, where they say you don't have to live in the dorm. And he literally said to me, "Mom, you're a really good cook, and you do my laundry." So. <laughs> and then Smart. I got this job, and I was like, so we couldn't get him into a dorm. So you're so your so family's still in Ohio. So they're still in Columbus, Ohio. I'm wow. here by myself. Hmm? They come up to visit, though. They come up to visit. I go see them. I mean, it's three and a half hours. My husband is probably still in town right now as we speak. He was here for the weekend. 
And so we've just been kind of figuring all of that out. And that's probably until July. It's probably going to be a full year. And I may take another move at some point. Although I may need you guys to come help me, like, move boxes and stuff. Well, that's all the time we have this morning. Thank you for joining us, Michelle. But so have you have you done this in other markets you've worked where you you've spent a little time in this side of town and a little time in this side of town until you, you find the place that 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 feels like home for you? Okay, so I didn't go moving quite the way I have with this track um as you know in in other cities, but um when we moved from St. Louis to Columbus, uh, I actually was uh, we I let's see I was there by myself for 5 months. Mm. And my big focus at that point was school district because I have a I have a child on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and we just really wanted to make sure. And so I was really able to kind of figure out where we were going to live based on school district. I didn't have to move so much as, you know, I was doing research, but Detroit is so big. It's fun to get like the. Highway experience. <laughs> the, okay. Someone back to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> wait until, I'm going to put until... air quotes around that. Fun. <laughs> yeah. I was going to uh, say, it sounds like you got here at the end of construction season last summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons why I like being in, in Troy is it's uh, Highway 75. You know, Highway 75. I love it. Um, you know, what are weekends like when your husband comes into town is it fun date nights are you guys looking at other areas do you take road trips a little bit of all of it but like the first time the first time he came up we had all these plans Mm -hmm. we were going to go down to eastern market we were going to do all this stuff and he sat down on the couch and i went jonathan listen he goes what i go exactly because my kids are I my kids are like eighteen and twenty one, but they still live in the house. Right. And so now my husband comes up and we're like, "Ooh, me sweet time. Silence. We can be Michelle and Jonathan and not <laughs> mom and dad, and this is amazing." But yeah, we we love it here. Eastern Market is probably one of my favorite things ever. Um, uh, y'all use your horns on your cars a lot. Yes, we do. Yep. And we just I, have to make sure they work. Yeah, I, if I, I'm sort of thinking that it's because I have Ohio plates. It could uh, be yeah. as well. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, same at, assumption. At least it's not like having Michigan plates in Ohio where you get pulled over for going two over. Do you really? Well, that's a rumor. It hasn't. I, I, I always drive. I always drive five under now in Ohio, just in case. But uh, you know, as someone who's been here for 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 six months, and you've you've really made a effort to get to know all corners of the area. How would you describe the place to maybe someone from out of town who wants to know more about Detroit after seeing it from the the way you have? The first thing you just say is everything you know about Detroit is wrong or that you think you know about Detroit is wrong. In a good way, right? In a good way. Like, uh, I've just been blown away being here. You know, I've gotten to do Motown. I've gotten to do all the cool things. I've been Mm -hmm. downtown. I've gone to shows. But you get this sense that there are things and you know what every city still has their works in progress mm-hmm. blown away blown away with how cool this well city is. and i was always kind of conflicted because for, for for a long time there was all these think pieces about the city of detroit and and uh you know all this ruined porn and and back in like 2008 through 2000 whenever during the recession there was always a story about 
one of our sports teams doing well and it was like the one glimmer of hope in our in our miserable drab lives and at oh. first i wanted to be like that's not true but then it's also like okay fine it keeps people away it can be our our little secret right we're a hidden gem I got here just in time for the Lions. And see, I'm a... So You're good I, luck. So I'm from you can never St. Leave. Louis. I was a huge Rams fan, and they left yep. us. That's and right. Yes. And so I never really... I mean, I like the Chiefs. I like Mahomes. I follow those guys because they're Missouri. I, you know, I'll watch the Bengals. I'll watch, you know, the Browns. But I've never really... This year was all about the Lions. Well, so and it, was, it was perfect timing. And it was one of the most fun seasons um, that, that I can remember since the early 90s. Yeah. So uh, you said you stuck in Troy. What is it about Troy that you like uh, from, from the other areas of I Metro like, Detroit? Um, I like I like the neighborhoods. I like the area. Obviously, I'm still in a hotel, but I kind of feel like I could see myself living up there. I love the shopping, even though I haven't been to the mall yet. You haven't? I have not. You haven't been to Somerset yet? I have not. Try okay. the moving walkway. It makes right. you feel like a star in an 80s music video. <laughs> With a montage. Think, yeah, I think I went up and picked up food at P.F. Chang's once. Okay. I think that's about so it. So you were at the exterior. Yes, I okay. was at the exterior. I, I, yeah. Before you settle on Troy, and we love Troy, I just, you know, Mike especially, Mike and I, we're just going to put our plea out that you have to give the east side a shot. Well, and that's we're a hearty folk. There. We are. We're hearty folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I could totally like. There's, there's a couple spots I think I want to check out before. Lord knows I have a few months still. So yes, you I, do. Uh, I got some time <laughs> to be well, able to go do that. Michelle Matthews, program director at our uh, uh, sister station, ninety six three WDVD. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'll take you for a ride on Lake St. Clair on my little dinghy. You and your husband. Oh boy. <laughs> Make sure you wear your life jacket. <laughs> That's solid advice. We're glad to have you. It's, it, Thank you. It, it's such a cool idea for you to live in different hotels around the area. To, Just to, to learn it. Every, yeah. every you know, it's like, and, and uh, that's the neat thing about Detroit is everything is different. Yes. You guys all yeah. have your, like. Like, you're like, east side. And right. people were like, west side. So it's just been fun to do it Down all. river. Yeah. 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 Also, I'm going to request some jelly roll. It's first thing, Mike Parsons, <laughs> Renee Vitale, WJR. Former President Donald Trump is expected to wrap up the Michigan nomination this weekend at the state GOP convention after winning yesterday's primary vote handily. Donald Trump made an appearance on JR Afternoon with Chris Renwick, and Chris asked him about his relationship with the unions after Biden earned the UAW's endorsement and the Teamsters' endorsement still up for grabs. Well, it's not traditional, but the unions are killing themselves. And Sean O'Brien, I got along great with the union people. Uh, you know, we, if you look at Sean and Fred and all the top guys, I got along great. Now, you have to understand, I've used Teamsters for my whole life of, in construction. I right. was by far one of the biggest in Manhattan in building and built many, many buildings. And, you know, that was all union stuff. And I used Teamsters with the concrete and the different, you know, other, other trades too. If uh, everything was union and I got along great with the union and I think they're thinking about it. And what I told them, I actually went to see them. We had a meeting with probably 50 of their top leaders and, and the top, top leaders. And it was a great meeting, I thought, but I said, you're not going to have a union soon because they're allowing millions of people to come in. And, you know, there's a certain point these owners are going to break when they get somebody to pour concrete at, uh, you know, $5 an hour instead of $100 an hour. 
it's, there's going to be a point at which you're not going to have a union. Chris asked the former president a question that the media has trying to, been trying to get him to answer for quite some time. Who's the vice president candidate going to be? Well, I have a lot of them, and we have some very good ones. <laughs> and, uh, no rush. Fair enough. That one. No rush. Fair I enough. I want to keep you guessing. It's worth a shot, right? Right. I, I, Chris did a nice job with this interview. I mean, uh, it, you're going to be hearing clips from it all day here on WJR. You can find it at WJR.com, thegreatvoice.com. Search JR Afternoon with Chris Renwick wherever you get your podcast. He asked he asked legitimate questions, some challenging questions, without, be, w- without it becoming confrontational. I, I mean, interviewing Trump is a challenge. For anybody, yeah. even the most seasoned journalists, I think he handled it very well. Well, he paid him a compliment at the end of the sh- uh, at the end of the interview, saying, "You got a great show." Uh, so I, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing Trump paid that to Chris. Yeah, pay, he wasn't yeah. talking about the Apprentice. Chris was <laughs> no. not talking about the Apprentice. No, I don't think he got was looking it. at the mirror at the time. <laughs> um, and uh, on the retail front, the Federal Trade Commission is trying to block a merger between Kroger and Albertson's grocery store. Senior news analyst Marie Osborne fills us in on Focus with Paul W. Smith. The Federal Trade Commission is suing to block a merger between Kroger and Albertson's, two of the nation's largest grocery store chains. And the FTC warns that nearly $25 billion deal would mean higher prices for millions of consumers. And uh, I just had a story in front of me, and I just covered it up wherever it went. Uh, the story is that prices are are still very bothersome and high for us, for the consumers. So we don't need them to go any higher. WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne has some of the details on the the Kroger-Albertson story. Marie. Well, uh, Paul, let's start with you mentioned the prices of food. Uh, this is according to government data uh, that prices of food eaten at home typically rise about 2.5% a year. But in 2022, they rose 11.4%. And then in 2023, they rose another 5%. So if you're looking for a barometer other than uh, your receipt when you leave the grocery store, that should tell you uh, some things right there. Well, and, and to put it in another way, Americans are spending spending more of their income on groceries than at any point Mm -hmm. over the past 30 years. Right, right. So the price and and it's the concern is how quickly they're escalating. So getting back to Kroger's uh, Kroger and Albertson, Kroger has 120 stores in Michigan. They are big players here. Albertson is based in Boise, Idaho. They operate 2200 stores. Uh, Kroger's in Cincinnati. They have about 2700 stores. And together, these two companies have 700,000 employees. The FTC says that this deal would be the biggest grocery store merger in history. The Companies agreed to merge a couple of years ago. They said they needed this merger because it would help them compete uh, compete with the retailing titans like Walmart, Amazon, Costco. And together, Kroger and Albertson would control about 13% of the U.S. grocery market. As a comparison, Walmart has about 22%. But here's the concern. In some cities, the merger would mean that the company would have just no competition because it would be all owned by the same company. So there would be no incentive to keep prices low. 
also, the Biden administration has pushed back on some of these big mergers. Um, the Justice Department sued to block the merger between JetBlue and Spirit Airline, and the federal judge agreed uh, with the Biden administration and blocked that merger last month. The two companies are appealing that, by the way. But they think that this may happen in this case as well. The FTC lawsuit was joined by the Attorney General, Attorneys General of eight states in Washington, D.C., Paul, but Michigan was not on that list of attorneys general. But nonetheless, several, a lot of pushback on this and also from the union that represents the workers at these grocery stores because they say they they haven't been very transparent in what's going to happen with workers if this merger were to take place. So do we, be, I, I've always believed uh, that Kroger treated its workers well and uh, mm-hmm. that they were, they were well paid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is, is there anything to believe but, that's not been the case or that would continue to be the case? No, the concern is the concern is that if, uh, you know, you've got two, you've got a Kroger and an Albertson, let's say, in, in the same city. And they're going to uh, merge into one and they're going to close one of those stores so that they can put all of their efforts into perhaps the larger, newer store, right? Well, what happens to those employees who were at the, the other store? They The union is saying they haven't been transparent about that, and that's what they're concerned about. They're not talking about their track record now with workers. We uh, have you ever been to an Albertsons? I have not. No, I, nor, have, nor have. But I. there's a lot of them around the country. Yeah, and I and I have no idea if people love them or hate them. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. We're going to have to. We're going to just have to see what's going on here. Maybe we'll hear from the folks at Kroger or and or Albertsons. Uh, with the United States suing to block their merger, uh, that got their attention, mm-hmm. and it got our attention as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Marie. We appreciate you always. WJR Senior News Analyst Marie Osborne. Again, we're putting more money into our groceries than we have in 30 years. That is a problem.